a clothing company and a clothing brand and a lifestyle apparel brand has to meet a criteria. It can't just be your name put on some, a few different colored shirts and sent out to the people that like watching you chase a rooster around your backyard when you play the kazoo on TikTok. And God bless you if you do that. And you're making a lot of money doing it. But you don't have a clothing brand. You have a merchandise line. So I take that seriously. You know, I take that stuff very, very seriously. Yeah, it's great to have you guys on. Thanks, Mikey, Brian. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, thank why don't you, you uh, just start talking about who you guys are, what you're working on together, and, and your stories. Brian, you want to go? You want me to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're the pro. <laughs> All right. You're going to be waiting for a while. Yeah, when I started. Oh, okay. So I'm Brian Anthony Peluso. I'm born, bred, and branded here in Boston. Grew up in Revere, Massachusetts. Um, spent most of my time, kid in the 70s and 80s, playing sports, doing chores, and believe it or not, drawing. So I lived uh, about a mile from Revere Beach, and I take my bike down the beach in the morning when the sand was wet with a half of a Titan hockey stick, and I draw these enormous pictures in the sand. Bruins logo, Jerry Cheevers, Yogi Bear, whatever. So there's a ton of people that hang out down the beach, old people, in the morning, and they'd all come down. What's this kid drawing today? And they all got to know me. So I always had this huge affinity for visual communications, for being able to tell a story through my pictures. Um, growing up, grew up very poor. So we didn't buy bikes or get them for Christmas. We found abandoned trash frames and we made bikes. So I would start, had some model paint and I would start lettering them, making a mongoose or a diamondback or a Fuji, these expensive bikes back in the day. And I'd be cruising around the projects and people like, give me that mongoose. And no, no, this is, this is a huffy. Look close. I just made it into a mongoose. So I'd have all these old kids from the neighborhood come and knocking at the door with a bike frame. I'd say it's $2 for the paint, $10 for the paint job. And I'd go and I'd make these little fake bikes. So I started going into Central Cycle, which is a big bike store. And I'd ask, I'm a little kid. I'm 10, 12 years old, growing up in the city. And uh, I'd ask the guy at this bike store, hey, can I borrow your mongoose catalog for what? He said, oh. And then, you know, I'm poor. I don't have money. I'm going to make my bike look like a mongoose. So this went on for like a year. And then he hired me to work on the bikes in the back. And he'd order me a surplus of catalogs. So anytime he ordered one, he'd order whatever, another one for me. And I'll never forget, I must have been like 12, 13 years old. He gave me a 200-piece model, model paint set with brushes. And that's what I'd do. i just letter these bikes. And then I started doing T-shirt designs. I'm a little kid. I'm like 12, 13 years old. And I'm doing Ozzy Osbourne cover art, walking down to the screen printer saying, hey, you want to you buy this? You want to make T-shirts out of it? So before you knew it, I just started doing this stuff and doing this stuff. And, you know, that was my, my little humble beginning in, into the art world. Um, it goes a lot further than that, but we'll let Mike jump in for a little bit. Yeah, and we'll, appreciate we'll, you. We'll revisit some of the entrepreneurial piece of the whole pie. A lot of these podcasts are like people that like we've known, like I've known or Jack's known, like we just bring them in, have a, have a conversation, whatever. So like I met you, you're an athlete, football player yeah. currently at Columbia yeah. uh, playing there, you know, grew, growing up playing football, I assume. How, how did that, how did that go? So yeah, I grew up uh, playing football in middle school, played throughout high school and like fell in love with the game. Um, just so when I was a, when I was a freshman in high school, I actually lost my father and uh started lifting weights after that it was kind of like um like a relief for me you know um i would lift weights try to get my mind off things um basically um it was like weightlifting became my life and then i got into football more seriously and eventually after that i started picking up some traction my junior year senior year i committed to uh columbia to play football had a bunch of Ivy League offers, interests, and uh, my father, you know, he always wanted me to go play at like a Ivy League school, good education, decided to go there, um, and yeah, now I'm here. So you're a freshman at Columbia now. Yeah. How's, how's it been being there for the, for the past, you know, four or um, five months? It's good. It's a lot of work, you know. In college, you're solo. You've got to get your work done. You've got to figure out ways how to get better your technique on your own. And there's like no one there, you know, holding your hand. You got to figure out how to do it. Um, yeah, but it's good. You know, it's a learning experience. Definitely an adjustment. But yeah, it's it's really good. 
I'm having a good time, having fun. You just said that there's nobody holding your hand, you know, through the whole process. What's it like, you know, balancing being a Division One athlete plus an Ivy League workload? You know, how difficult was it? What were the most important things you learned throughout your semester there? Uh, time management is key. You know, if when you're do, being an athlete, you're lifting weights, you're playing football, doing all these drills, practice every day, watching film every day. You got to figure out how to manage your time. You got to manage your time very well. And, uh, you know, Columbia being an Ivy League institution, it's one of the highest, one of the best schools in the world. They give you a lot of work. But, I mean, it's worth it. And, um, you know, figuring out how to, uh, you know, this time I need to do this amount of work. Then I got to go get my work, like my lift in, do go to practice, then come home and do my work. Like, you have to get your things done, have a uh, regiment for yourself. I think that's key in being disciplined. And then has that discipline kind of transitioned into business? Because you're also taking on another side hustle right now. And maybe you can kind of now tell how you and Mike met. Yeah, so... Um, or Brian. Sorry, Brian. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, yeah, Brothers and Iron. Um, so I have two brothers. And, like, I always, you know, we got very close after losing my father and stuff. And the I would just think, like, we would all live together, work out together. And it's like we're Brothers in Iron. And um, this name came to me. I was driving my car one day, and I'm like, damn, Brothers in Iron. Like, it sounds really good. I like the name. And I actually spoke to one of my teammates' fathers. His name is Nick Gregory, the Greek he goes by. I'm like, do you know any, like, designers and people in the uh, industry veterans in the industry and he's like yeah a close friend of mine brian peluso he's a huge designer has done like many great projects all these great uh things in the design world and i met brian and brought him the idea yeah it was very very interesting so nick's like a brother to me we've been friends forever and uh great guy interesting guy and you know the design i'll cue it up from a from a backstory standpoint so design in the world that I grew up in was very, very holistic. You had to be a craftsman. You had to truly be an artist to create your designs. Computer comes in, opens it up to a, a, another, another tier of people who are creative, but maybe necessarily not the best craftsmen. So you have this influx of people in, into the industry. Now, rewind to about six, seven years ago, you have the DIY crowd that can go on Shutterstock and get these, you know, go on Fiverr and get logos. So it's become commoditized. So there's a lot of, and, and listen, it's, there's cream rises, shit sinks. There's a lot of shit sinking out in the creative world. There's a lot of stuff that's not solid. That's not, it's not interesting. It's just pumped out to the masses. So the design world changes. The opportunities kind of minimize a little bit. I still have a very successful design business. I do a lot of big brand stuff, um, but it changes. They start to tighten their belts a little bit. Now COVID hits. So I had just started another business, my own business. In, in, in addition to my design business, I started a retail brand, um, built a store, built the store out, open for four months and COVID hits. So there's a whack, you know, a quarter of a million dollar whack. Now clients aren't spending money. So I always served on a board, uh, sort of on a lot of boards, but I was on a, a board for a vocational school trying to kind of advise and help them with their design program. So they'd always ask me, you should consider teaching me when you get older, when you get older. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to still keep my business as a consultancy and I'm going to try teaching. I always wanted to give back and I just had uh, it turned 50, so you got to go through these appointments. You guys, you got a while to go, but there's so much fun. Wait till I tell you, you're, you're going to fucking ruin this. It's beautiful. Yeah. The things they're going to do to you, you're not even going to be able to imagine. I got in trouble. A lot of cameras my, involved, Yeah, right? my insurance said you can only go once. You only, we're only going to cover one visit, so I know you know. So anyway, I go there, and I'm a Sicilian kid, and uh, never got a summer in my life. Rash. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. So they're doing, doing everything and looking, and... They said, hey, you got this little mole in your back. We're going to send you upstairs to get this thing checked out. Don't worry about it. So there's a dermatology center upstairs. So I send it. I go upstairs. Long story short, a couple of weeks ago, they call me. I have melanoma. And that's scary shit. That's, that's like end of the line shit. It was very early. They caught it. Cut it out of my back. Um, got rid of beautiful uh, Jagex K convertible. Got rid of that. I, got, I was petrified of the sun. Uh, that lasted a couple of years. Now I'm safe and careful. But... My point is the ebbs and flows of any business, especially entrepreneurial businesses, you're faced with a lot of stuff and you're faced with a lot of people 
and they always find you when your business is low or when you're not making what you wanted to make last month. A lot of these opportunities come up. Hey, I got a guy, he's so smart, he's got this great idea for this widget and it's going to be the next best fucking thing. You got to get involved. So now you're looking, all right, how much time am I going to spend? It's a scratch ticket at best, but, you know, necessity gives you convoluted perception of reality. So you look at a lot of these opportunities and say, fuck, I didn't make my nut next month. Yeah, sure, I'll take it on. And before you know it, you're spending all this time, you know, pissing up a rope with this thing that's not going to make sense. So my buddy Nick comes to me and he knows the situation. He knows where we're at. And he says, one of my friend Nicholas's, who are his son I love to death. Uh, one of my friend Nicholas's best friends, he's the best kid in the world. He has this unbelievable, unbelievable idea for a clothing line. I said, yeah, what do you want me to do? He said, meet him. I said, Nick, a high school kid. I, I, I'm Please, I'm busy and now I'm teaching. I've got my business and I've been down this road a ton of times. I'm not interested. So he asked me again, can you just meet the guy? You'll like him. So he brings Mikey to my house, and, and I don't know. We, you know. we say a lot, iron sharpens iron. That's one of our mantras. That's part of our brand message. That's part of what we feel and what we stand for. But the moment we met, a gentleman, he had a presence, an understated, just little special sauce. And you know, even when we're talking, he's you know, a handsome, strong, accomplished, smart athlete. But the humility that he possesses, when you see him trying to grab his words, to me, that's not, what are you doing, man? We're here, we're here on a podcast. That's, to me, that's, I'm with the right motherfucker because he's, he's got humility, he's genuine, and he's not banging a gong. So when he says something, he says it with conviction and purpose. And it resonated with me. And I said, right away, what did I say? I said, yep. Yeah. We you could, don't have a business or a brand. You got a name, yeah, yeah. a great name, Brothers and Iron. And he had made this little shirt. You, you still yeah, have that so thing? Like I, We're going to have to frame that thing. Yeah, and put yeah it in I the still office. have it. So we, I made this shirt out of like this material. I cut it up, put some laces in it. I'm like, I bring it to his house. So I'm at his house. I pull it out of my bag. I thought it was a uh, pot holder. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look, like we could do something with this. You know, I have this idea, this vision, Brothers and Iron with these. Uh, what, what do you call it? Stitchings. Cotton stitch. Cotton stitch, like this material. Me and him talk, and I remember you wearing the pink, the the uh, the collar. Fucking right? never wore pink. What are you talking Not about? Not the pink. The, it was the, black, the, and it had it, was, it had it, was, it had studs and, and horns it, on. I remember pink, but yeah, it, was it was actually a pink onesie. Oh yeah, yeah. it was a onesie. Yeah, yeah it was sure. a setup. Why didn't you wear that today? Yeah, I, I want to come in slow, you know. <laughs> Now, yeah, so, like, after that, we clicked, and um, it was really good. I mean, I, you know, and now we're here, and uh, it's been an amazing process, super fun, and we're having a good time doing it, and we're extremely blessed. What was that, Mikey, for you? Um, you know, this is was, was this your first, like, business venture? Uh, like, uh, Yeah, this was okay. my first. I mean, I worked with my family, so my family owns, like, medical clinics that my mom runs now. Kareen, she does, uh, it's called Global Care Medical Group, and I work with them a little bit on branding, marketing, stuff like that, but this was, like, my first business that I started um, with Brian. So what was it like? Like, how did you know that you needed to find someone else like Brian to, yeah. to partner with? That's a great question. I mean, I knew so like me being an athlete and stuff and not being very experienced in the in the industry. I, I thought I needed like a veteran and someone with a creative mind and great ideas such as Brian. Um, and so I, you know, I went to Nick and he told me I got the perfect guy for you. And I saw his work his works unbelievable everything he touches is extremely thought out process everything attention to details unreal and uh you know came to brian and he worked brainstormed a little bit sent me over some few samples and like i was hooked i was like it was like you were getting like this adrenaline rush looking at you at this brothers and iron on this these designs that he was sending to me and i was immediately i was like locked in and we created a deal together and now we have this company together and then on your side, Brian, what was it that was different about this company, this idea, and Mike, you know, that stood out from the prior decades of opportunities getting presented to you? Such a great question. And it's, it's really interesting because, you know, some things in life take a long time to marinate. And, you know, you might taste it halfway through and be like, ah, this fucking sucks. I put all the wrong, I put all the wrong shit in there. It's not working. Some things are just instant. And, you know, when we had that meeting and we met, um, Brothers Nine is a great name. 
I love it. It means something to me personally has all my life. I've always been, I've always been of that mindset. Um, but it was a name and you can come up with a hundred thousand different names. So it was the name in concert with, with the vessel that delivered it. And it was more of our connection, more of me kind of seeing, looking back through that looking glass and, and remembering having a little, you know, a little notebook that I'd have all my neighbors phone numbers in and what day they went food shopping. I'd be waiting on their porch to carry their, literally carry their bags in for a quarter, not a nickel. I could lie and say nickel, but that would be disingenuous. But I remember that. And I remember having all of these little things and feeling good about myself and counting my money and going and buying, you know, finally getting to buy a pair of Nikes instead of buying plain white sneakers for 11 bucks and drawing the Nike swoosh on them with a marker, which I did for many years when I was a little kid. So I looked back and I remember that and I said, you know, here's a kid and I didn't know too much about you, yeah. but my buddy had given me some background that comes, you know, his father was a doctor, mom's, you know, a, a psych, Doc, doctor as well. And they own this company. They own this, you know, they're successful. He's going to an Ivy league and put nine out of 10 people in his position and they're not fucking doing anything other than counting mommy and daddy's money and wondering how much they have on their card and saying, hey, you know, I appreciate this gold card, but the platinum is a lot prettier and it matches my wallet. That doesn't exist. So that's an anomaly. Somebody do, do, that doesn't necessarily need to. You're going to, you know, you're about to embark on an education at Columbia University. Yeah. You're about to play football for an Ivy League team. And you still had, you know, a chamber inside of your your being that you wanted to fill up with with something that was yours so i had the utmost respect for that so i was working on a project over the summer the movie that launched the um the last voyage of the demeter the dracula movie so i did a bunch of promotion a bunch of stuff for that as while we were meeting i was yeah. working on a bunch of that stuff and uh, i was busy and um i just remember holding up that potholder yeah the free, the, it was like a look like a, a like a, a dog jacket and a blanket yeah. had a baby. i cut it up put some laces into it and i'm yeah. like trying to show them there yeah, yeah. you said leave the design to him oh, yeah. it was beautiful <laughs> but i held it up and just the fact that he's the big fucking ox sits there and just <laughs> stitches it i can just imagine him yeah, like, yeah. You know, like it, it's like jay I, cutler on the computer like, it, it just it just touched me you know what i mean so opposed to all the other stuff that as interesting and as great as it was and is and you know i've i've been blessed. I, I did Twism with Shaquille O'Neal back in 1996. Ray Bork and I had Stay Mad Sportswear. So I've been around a lot of this stuff for a very long time. But this hit me in the heart. And it hit me, you know, I've got a son who's 17 years old. So I kind of understand that group, but I don't see what he brought to the table. And I, I said to myself, you know, I've taken a lot worse shots and and to be honest the economics of something like this i mean i'm i was a chief creative officer of a global agency i've owned my own agency i garner a high high hourly cost it's not like going to a you know a kid in college and giving them a starbucks gift card so i looked and i said listen you know i don't know what you have from a budget to invest in this but i'm not trying to be a dick i, I don't think it's you're going to be able to tolerate what it's going to cost me to create this brand um so we talked a little bit and and i, I agreed that you know i said hey Let's be partners. We'll go. We'll do it together. And that's part of you seeing the vision too. That's not yeah. you just looking for a cash grab. Exactly. It's like you see what's really behind it and and the the messaging and and the brand. And so that, that's really cool. And it's you know well, just like what we were talking about you know before we set up here is you know you're so connected and and you guys your hearts in this and you know what that means. You know you can get a project and you're of course you're going to deliver for your client. You're going to be consistent. You're going to be creative and you're going to hopefully win their business in the future but when it's for yourself and when it means something to you and when you know your leisure time is spent being excited about what you can do for for this job part of your life it's a different animal it just it feels different it's you know it's built different and that stuff i truly believe resonates and it doesn't just have to be from a creative standpoint it doesn't have to be what garments we're picking and the quality and that stuff is all essential and that stuff is already insured it resonates when you tell the story. You know, I teach, I teach design, and what I tell my students is, right now with AI, you can know all of the Adobe suite, you can be, you know, a great navigator of software, you're obsolete. What is never gonna be, you know, out of style and out of demand is a storyteller. Somebody who listens to something, who's able to understand what it is that's gripping and compelling about that, and is able to convey that message to a broader audience. 
So, you know, we talk silly. It's a T-shirt. It's not yeah. a T-shirt. It's a, it's, this is being built as a brand that is much, much more than lifting stuff. It's much more than lifting. It's lifting one another up. It's being there for somebody. It's being that phone call. It's being that call that, you know, they make when they need something. Um, when we talked about this and when we started to kind of sift the soil and figure out what we wanted this to be, the word that kept popping up time and time again is a, a movement. And it's not cliche when you think about it. When you think about the longevity, and that's why I think the beauty of, of this connection um, just speaks to what the brand is. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 56 in a few days. I'll wait for you all to say no fucking way. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to be 56. I've been around for a while. You know, he's just starting out. But being cut from the same cloth, no pun intended, and the same type of a person transcends three decades. And you can still have conversations that are meaningful. And you can still be pliable at my age and listen to what somebody who's not quite yet experienced what I've experienced has to say and respect where they're coming from. Because they're coming from a whole new world. This is a whole new world. I've been in marketing, media, advertising for 30 years. This, this is new. And when I see the numbers generated by this type of stuff, you know, I'd be a liar if I said I don't, scr I don't scratch my head and say, how are some of these people making money? You know, I've got great penmanship. That's like me 20 years ago saying, email you, fuck you. I'm gonna, I got this stationery, I'm going to dip my quill pen and I'm going to write you this beautiful letter. I'll, I'll send it over in three weeks. You'll, you'll get it. You'll know what I'm talking about. You have to adapt and you have to be able to recognize something that's working and something that has promise and potential in something that you're not really comfortable versed in. So that's another appeal to this thing is we've got a lot of bases covered. You know? I have a question for you on that too. Like there's a lot of techniques like penmanship is a, a great example of something that has been around forever, uh, you know, has evolved, like, especially like with this country and with language, like through not even just like, you know, centuries old. Right. Um, and then there's this technology now that, that kind of erases the progress that's made. Where does like old techniques of art and like craftsmanship and, and creative techniques, like where do you see those going and, and, and like having a, a place in our society? So I think some of the best stuff that you see created is created by somebody who has an understanding of the disciplines and elements and principles that went into composing these painstakingly crafted pieces like you know you look at the declaration of independence you look at you look at some of these documents that you're talking about right imagine just how much went into that you know just from procuring procuring the stock that they they wrote it on to the ink to dipping it and the, all this shit there's so much invested in that okay as painstaking a process as it was it gave birth to pride pride of ownership you just fucking sat there and etched this thing in. So, not everyone could do that either. So today, yeah. the people that create the best, most visually stimulating and engaging artwork and, and advertisements and content, they have that old soul spirit. They recognize things that a lot of people don't recognize around them. It just doesn't happen by chance. So in society, I see, you know, look at now. I've, I've you know, Mikey's been to my house many times. I have a... Uh, a historic house. I own one of General Putnam, the Battle of Bunker Hills, old uh, farmhouses, and I redid everything inside of it. I do a lot of a lot of uh, environmental design, so I do a lot of nightclubs and a lot of residences. I do very different stuff. So I have a rustic soul, a rustic spirit. So I've been doing you know rustic stuff for years and years. The last ten years, you see barn board everywhere. You see this rustic luxe industrial kind of fusion happening, whereas in the 1980s or 70s, if, or even 90s, if you tried to, you know, if someone come over my house and saw the way it's, they say, oh my God, you're this poor bastard. He can't put, he can't even put any, any sheetrock up. He's got bomb, he's got exposed boards everywhere. So there's a Renaissance spirit that exists in society where everything comes full circle. So I see the stuff that you're talking about. Once, I, I think, you know, a lot of young designers and, and older designers alike are, are just scared shitless of this AI stuff. You know, if for anyone to be able to go on and type in a few, you know, a few words and have something produced, holy shit. But what I tell my students and contemporaries is the people you're going to lose, you never had anyway. 
because I don't know about you guys. If I'm scrolling through Instagram and there's an ad for something and I hear that, that, that narrative, that's that AI guy, you've got me for five words and I don't give a shit what you're selling, I'm gone. So it's starting to become so saturated and so apparent. When you look at something that's generated that way, it's, it's, it's produced, it's manufactured. It has no spirit, it has no soul. There's not that connection that we talk about when someone scripted and crafted out that, the Declaration of Independence of that. So there's no connectivity to the content. So people are going to start to see that. Consumers are very, very smart. And, and they'll, they'll get it. Like the, the Reebok pump, that didn't last very long. Did I remember it? those. I used to wear yeah. those all the time, yeah. actually. The yeah, they're great. They made you jump a lot the higher. Remember too? Like right? The ones with the zigzags? Exactly. But um, so I was going to kind of ask, you know, how can somebody who's, you know, an established professional who takes pride in their craftsmanship, how can they kind of like parlay these new age technologies like AI to kind of stay ahead of the curve, to stay competitive while also kind of, you know, staying in touch with their craft? Absolutely. So you, you have to you have to be conscious of, of, of your, your crowd and your content. So what am I trying to say and who am I trying to say it to? If I'm trying to get a bunch of people to come to an event that's a, a beach party that's, you know, turn and burn. Hey, it's in, it's next weekend. I'm not giving you a shitload of, you know, of, of time to plan for this. But my brand is the sponsor at this event. I can go down and dirty because the vertical that I'm, I'm, I'm dispersing it in. If I'm going to do an elegant thing that's going to be at the Four Seasons that I'm having, you know, the, the best watch guys in Boston at one table and I'm having someone hand roll cigars at the other and we've got, you know, craft whiskey over here. I'm going to take my time and make sure that I compose this message and the visuals that accompany that message with purpose and use elements that's going to appeal to my marketplace. Marketplace, too, is going to see through that AI shit, and they're going to say, well, this is what you give me. So the event's going to be slapped together and generic because mm -hmm. that's what this AI stuff really is, and you're going to, you're going to see it down the line. I'm not saying it doesn't yeah, serve a purpose. Yeah, it's new now, so it's, yeah. it's exciting and everything. Exactly. Well, the other thing is the ownership of, like, AI pulls design from artists at the end of the day. And like there's intellectual property there in the designs that are, you know, somewhat new that the AI will make, mm -hmm. but they're pulling it from somewhere and that, that has to come back to the artist. So that's, yeah. that's a big problem that people have kind of started to Absolutely. talk about. And that's, well, the other thing is replication. So yeah. you own a car dealership in, in, in Providence, Rhode Island. I own, I own one in, in Danvers, Massachusetts. We just so happen to put in the same criteria and before you know it, we got we got the same brand. So there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of potential uh, copyright stuff that goes on. And how can you copyright that? So if I create something AI and it's comprised of five different authors' work, how am I copywriting that? I don't own that. So it's a little convoluted for me to get involved in, and I'm a, I, I still do my stuff. You know, that's like telling, you know, one of the great chefs in the North End over here. Hey, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to just don't. It's it's in the frozen food section, but it tastes so good. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Heat it up. Oh, Ask Chat Man, GPT serve this. Yeah. Yeah. Serve this up. No, they won't know. Uh, Came fast. That won't go too well. Nah. Mike, what was it look like the first time you got your hands on you know one of these garments? Yeah. Samples. Just how'd that feel? So like I came back from school and uh, old bull Brian Peluso. He had a box waiting for me, and I get to the box. I'm like super excited because this is like the gear. This is it. Open it up take it out and i'm like basically like tearing up inside i'm like damn this is real now this is like unreal and i'm like it was like being a kid on christmas you know it was like you know it felt like that it was like emotional sentimental and uh you know it was i was really happy it felt it was one of the best feelings in the world i mean brian was there and um, yeah, it was um so i had taken him to uh Meet a buddy of mine who, yeah, who I do a lot of business with, and um, we're gonna procure. Uh, he does a, a thing. He has a think tank, so a business incubator. So we're gonna grab space there, and we're gonna do a little setup. No, re not retail for now, but we're just gonna have our, our office in there, and we're gonna do a podcast out of there. We're gonna do a Brothers and Iron podcast. So I took him in to meet Jay, and Jay loved Mikey, and I had the box. And uh, so another funny thing is, as I was creating this stuff, and. Um, you know, a lot of clients are always like, well, can I see it as you go on? Can I see it? Can I see it? We're going to talk. You're going to tell me what you're looking for. We're going to have a couple of conversations. I'm going to show you a series of preliminary work, and then I'm going to get to work, and I'm going to come back to you with the finished product. You know, you don't keep, again, with the, the North End metaphor, you don't keep walking back and forth in the kitchen saying, smells good. Can I see what it's, is, is the cheese melting now? So 
I'm very, very opposed to clients who want to operate that way. And Mikey didn't. But conversely, everything I was putting together, I'm sending him. Sending yeah, him. yeah. I like, never send somebody so I, much stuff. I you fully know? trusted him. Like, because when I saw his work, like the original pieces of Brothers and Iron, I'm like, damn, this is amazing work. So I didn't want to toy with the creative mind. I mean, of course, I sent you a few ideas of designs yeah. or whatever, and you put your sprinkle. And I didn't want to like, you know what I mean? So like when you were sending me the stuff, it was all great stuff. So I was just taking it. I didn't want to put any pressure or whatever. Yeah, but it was it was just cool to like want to. It was immediately like a, 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 a mutually respectful, like I wanted to see it, I wanted to see it. So back to the box. So he comes in and we go to see my buddy Jay and and I take the box. And after we met and talked to Jay a little bit, uh, I give him the box. And just watching him. And as a dad, I have a daughter, Lily, 21 years old, and I have a son, Luca, who's 17. So, uh, you know, I grew up very, very, no, no father, just a very rough, uh, rough upbringing. Um, so watching my, watching life through my children's eyes, like, I, I never went to Disney, you know, and then when I got to the point where I could afford to go, I said, I'm not, I'm not going to go until I have kids. I'm going to experience that with them the first time. So watching and living life through my kids eyes has been one of the one of the biggest blessings that ever uh, you know i've ever had so watching him view this vision of ours you know and this 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 seed that he planted um come to life piece by piece out of the box was was just amazing it was it was truly the best yeah. we're at, we're ringing up some great moments in no, this grand so far but yeah. for, that was the best mm -hmm. thing for me because you know, just like teaching, um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate. I've made a lot of big paychecks in my life. Uh, none of them have made me cry. And when I don't get them, sometimes I cry. But teaching a kid and having that kid write me a letter and say, you know, you changed the trajectory of where I thought my life was going. And, you know, I've, I've driven home many times, you know, choked up and in, in, in tears. And bless you. And the payment that that gives. And that's why I love being an artist. And that's what I tell young artists is, you know, it's a tough road to travel right now. But you get paid twice. You get paid by your client for, for, for executing what they need executed. But when you see your stuff on a shelf or in a person or in a bus going by or in a store, you just get paid with such gratitude that, you know, you're the author of something that didn't exist. Not just the solution, but the elements that create the solution. So seeing that through his eyes and seeing that just really come to life. And listen, you guys are doing a startup business. You know you have your ebbs and flows. You have your great days where... You know, this is awesome. We're running. Then you have your days when you're just like, what are we, what are we doing? You know, so you're gonna have those those pitfalls. But strength, belief, conviction, and connection to what you're doing is paramount. And then confidence, security, and and an affinity for the people that you're doing it with. That's the one-two punch. You know, and that's like when I was talking to you guys, why I was so impressed with what you're doing is that, you know, that, that's, that stands out. You don't have to put a, a table talker on that says we are having one, two punch because I like him and he likes me and we bought it. No, that stuff just comes out naturally, you know? So I was going to add, like Brian said, like you get paid twice and you were talking about the letter, you were, the letter an artist will receive or a teacher. I mean, this whole thing, brothers and iron, it's not just clothes you put on your shelf, you wear to the gym. It's like it's going to be a movement. It is a movement of like-minded people, a society of strength and standards, as we have on our shirts, of brothers, like, you know, male or female, but brothers, people that take care of each other, that you have your back, they have each other's back. And um, I think it's very important um, for people to take care of each other and hold each other accountable. And this Brothers in Iron movement, we kind of try to encapsulate that, and that's part of our culture as this brand to um, promote you know well-being and healthy lifestyle healthy mindset healthy relationships and it's this whole brothers in iron thing you know that is going to transcend time age everything you know what does that look like you know building though it sounds like a community too like is is, is important to you guys um obviously you're launching down the line in, in the next couple of months right yeah, we're, we're, we'll probably within the next month we'll okay. yeah, we'll have we'll month. have the the site uh -huh. and the yeah. online uh, store up. And yep. But the pillars of that launch and like the pillars of the business that you want to develop, uh, where, where's your heads at? You know, in terms of that and building and, and long term vision for this. So, 
I'm a, I'm a big process guy. So I think, you know, having the, the urge to do something is one thing, you know, taking that urge and creating a plan, writing it down, then maybe creating a strategy to execute that plan. That's great stuff. You know, you're creating a map, basically. Um, a process is a little bit different. A process is more of a commitment in a way that you conduct yourself and you keep yourself in check and you make sure that everything you do falls beneath the virtues of your process. So when you talk about how do we see this, and it is lofty when you think about saying we're not just going to sell t-shirts, we're going to try and really create this camaraderie and this connection and this community that that you get excited when you see somebody coming at you at the gym or in the mall or, or, or out in the street in the park wearing a Brothers and Iron thing and you know, you're going to go up and bump them and Brother, so you, we want you to recognize in other people that might not be in your circle what it is that the world recognizes in you. And I don't, you don't have to be the, the biggest, you know, it's not for, it's, you don't have to be a, a competitive bodybuilder to be a brother in iron, you know. Um, it's the metal that makes up the man. And to recognize that in somebody else is going to be really what we're looking to do and, and to bring those people together. We want to put on a, a, a mentoring piece of this, an accountability piece of this. We're going to, you know, we're, we hope to develop an app that's going to have workouts and nutrition, different brothers and iron, you know, giving testimonial, opening up what they're doing to, to, the, to the broad spectrum. But to your point, boiling it down, how do you do that? You don't do it with, you know, ambiguous, manufactured, benign, generic, shit you do it with stuff that's built from a story every thread of brothers and iron is being purposefully and deliberately put together to create a tapestry that we want to 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 cloak our community in and that's a lofty goal we're putting together the right pieces of the puzzle and we're doing it in a way that we're not trying to get out i mean we could have been out three months ago if we wanted to but it's not right it's not it's not ripened yet so you know there's investment here. There's thousands of hours. There's there's dollars. There's heart, soul. You know, we already talked about Mikey's schedule. I've we, we're very very booked up people. So of course we want to let's let's push it out so we can bring it back in. But that wouldn't be true to what we're looking to create. So we hope that we can create all the things that we're looking to create off of the pillars of our story. Trust in you know like trust in the process. Uh, being patient. Good things come to those who wait. Um, you know, we're not just trying to throw this out there and get our money, whatever. That that doesn't really mean anything to us. We actually want to develop a strong, strong foundation brand that, you know, will change lives, impact people for the better. And that's our mission, you know, as Brothers and Iron. I think we relate to that, too, with like what we're building with Nickel Up. Because like, I mean, you want to talk about like how we've kind of learned what Nickel Up means, like as we've been creating this this project yeah so like i had a friend that kind of like approached me with this idea originally and he wanted to start a podcast with me and i said sure you know like you know we'll kind of see where it goes and originally we kind of thought that it was going to be like a little pet project and you know just something we worked on on the side and then um we originally like honestly hired wags to be like the production guy and then you know like one thing led to another and you know now wags and i are the partners and on it together but you know, our other partner was the first one who kind of came up with the name Nickel Up, and you just kind of, you know, ask him, you know, how you doing? Oh, I'm just getting my nickel up. I'm just trying to make a couple of bucks. So in the beginning, we wanted to have on, you know, strictly entrepreneurs who were, you know, making money and were, you know, successful in their business. And yeah, that's great. And if your goal is to, you know, escape the nine to five, escape the rat race, and then just, you know, make money in your business, good for you. But we've had so many other people on here who want to achieve more in life than like making money. And they're successful in their own way. So that's kind of what we've evolved, like, nickel up into into meaning. You know, if you're getting your nickel up, it means you're, you know, nickeling up your success in whatever it may be. We've had, you know, yoga teachers on here. We've had, you know, tr personal trainers. We've had and ev everybody, you know, a wide range of people. And everybody's successful in their own way. And we really just want, you know, people who are doing cool shit. And, like, everybody nowadays has a clothing brand. And it's, you know, so diluted in such a competitive industry. And I think that's what's really going to set you guys ahead is the fact that you know you're kind of building a story behind it and you're building a brand that's you know bigger than yourselves so um, yeah you're in it for the right reasons mm -hmm. too i think yeah like like he said there's all these other brands like 
million fitness brands. Like me and Brian talk about this all the time. What differentiates us from these other brands is the story behind the brand, behind the shirt. Like we are, we are who we are, and you know, this is who we are. Um, we're not just pushing out clothes that we think uh, look good and people are gonna buy. We're doing like, you know, hand material stuff. You know, like this shirt, stitch the stitching. Everything's detailed. You know, I mean, Brian could talk about that as well. It's different than these high li- these high line major. Um, Lifting clothes, um, it's all thought out, you know, mission behind it, everything. Brian, as somebody who's been, like, kind of, who's worked with a lot of brands over his career, are there any that you've kind of, you know, drawn inspiration from when it comes to Brothers and Iron? Um, not necessarily. So I draw inspiration from, from tons of different sources. Um, you know, I, I've worked for everybody. I've done work for, you name them name and I've done it for him. Um, some of the best stuff that I did was, believe it or not, early, early on that dream team stuff. Um, because the responsibility to make sure this is on the global stage, right? You're doing stuff that Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, you know, Magic Johnson are featured on. You can't fuck that up. You can't go and, you know, half step into that. So that type of compass and barometer that you set at the onset of creating anything you guys know and look around look at what you've put into this uh that's why it resonates and shows differently that barometer and those parameters you know the virtues of what you're going to create or what's going to dictate what comes out you know going on and getting a a direct to film slapped on t-shirt that's stiff and you wash it and you're wearing it and stick it to your chest because it weighs 40 pounds and if you know luckily if somebody you know decides to come out blast and it's not going to pierce the armor you're going to survive but that stuff's not a brand and when people say i've got a oh i've got a clothing brand you know not to be a a snob a brand snob but what's your brand oh well yeah, well, I put my name on these shirts and I sell them on my Instagram. Okay, that, well, that's really not a brand. You've got merchandise that's promoting you know, what you're doing. God bless you. I'm happy for you. A clothing company and a clothing brand and a lifestyle apparel brand has to meet a criteria. It can't just be your name put on some, a few different colored shirts and sent out to the people that like watching you chase a rooster around your backyard when you play the kazoo on TikTok and God bless you if you do that and you're making a lot of money doing it but you don't have a clothing brand you have a merchandise line so I take that seriously you know I take that stuff very very seriously it's again we'll go back to the north end we're gonna we're gonna go eat after this because if, if you notice you this is trying to get hungry chicken pot. so you walk in the back and you know that sauce has been simmering for 10 hours um you know, the, 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 the ragu that you buy for $3, that's a different product. It's a different product. It's, is it? It's a it is? Different. It's a little different. Oh, okay. It's different. It's a different product. But the I thing thought it was is, all frozen. It's, 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 if, if you like it, beautiful. <laughs> but it's not the same. The ragu in the can, you know, you can put it on some ma- macaroni and, and eat it. It's fine. But it's not the same. It's not homemade pasta. It's not tomatoes that you get from from Alba's in the North End because you know he gets them in fresh every morning. It's not chopping everything by hand. It's not using your, your grandfather's knife. It has no connection. So the output is generic. It's pedestrian. So a brand is a promise that a company makes to its consumer base. A clothing brand needs to stand up on those values and virtues that it is developed, it's not just produced. So there, there is a big difference. There is a big difference. And hopefully it shows, and I, I yeah. feel that, you know, we've got the right team in place. You know, our, our printer, I've been working for decades with um, Mark Lane at Coed Sportswear. You guys familiar with Coed Naked? It was an enormous mm-hmm. brand in the 90s. Um, it was Coed Naked Everything, huh. lacrosse. And, you know, Mark wrote a book. Mark's been to mm-hmm. the White House as one wow. of the you know, most successful small businesses under in the Clinton administration. Um, so Mark's up in New Hampshire and he's producing for us. So we literally have, and he does stuff for Reebok, Adidas, Boom, he does everything that you see out in the stores. They do exemplary quality. So, um, 
you know, this is a project that normally they wouldn't touch, but we have a great, uh, you know, great relationship steeped in history and respect, and um, they're producing for us. So they're, they're, they're a great partner for us. Um, so the belief that they have by looking at this stuff is, you know, it, it's, it's just one of those litmus tests that, oh, all right, so they want to, you know, they're going to do this for us. And um, we're meeting some great people along yeah, the way. Yeah, and like uh, Mark does like, he's super experienced. He does a lot of work with uh, influencers like Two Turn Tony. They do a lot of work with him. So he knows the market, like he knows the game. And um, yeah, he's Mark and his son Eric are helping us out with that. All highest quality manufactured stuff united states you know uh, embroidered printed everything so they do yeah, really some really interesting uh different stuff we're going to have also yeah. you know using different techniques and different substrates gels um tone on tone stuff so it's going to come together as leather patches yeah uh, there's going to be we've got some really nice stuff with you know different substrates and different really interesting retail ready fashion forward stuff meaning you know the same type of applications that polo and and gucci are using not just you know not again not that heat transfer um but what's interesting in as as we look at this materialize are the different silos and the different kind of sub categories that we're going to get into you know brother and iron you know can be guys that are are, are triathletes they're a lot different yeah, than us. Like, it could be, but anybody. they can. It can be any. Yeah. It can truly be anybody. So we're going to look for these ambassadors that are going to, you know, help drive our brand and who we're going to help with sponsorship um, in each of these silos. You know, you could be a you could be a competitive bull rider and be a brother in iron. It's limitless, and that's why I think it's so important. And that's why I feel like we're truly blessed yeah. that the biggest asset that we have in this company today, uh, and that that you know no matter how much success hopefully we achieve is the heart of the company and that's a respect for one another like-mindedness and a vision to do more than just sell t-shirts you know if we can create a brothers and iron with mikey being in in, in columbia playing football and hopefully taking that to the league like hopefully. is the plan um then you've got a, a grand audience that you can affect change that we could you know initiate implement and, and execute a brothers and iron mentoring program and it could be a weightlifter that's trying to help out little kids that are you know 10th 12th grade looking to get into bodybuilding do it the right way steer clear from these pitfalls and, and and so on and so forth you know the football guys that's already you know they're already big into philanthropy yeah. and, and public outreach but if we can create this brothers and iron platform that they're able to affect and influence positively um you know kids who are looking to grow up a different way uh so we we've we've got a true compassion for people who are looking to nickel up, not just in their pocket, but in their heart, you know, fulfill mind, body, and spirit. Um, and, and we want to do the right thing by, by this brand and, uh, by the people that we bring into the brand. Yeah. So hundred percent just, you know, when people say like, what are your goals? What are you, what do you want to do? You know, as they're like, what do you, how do you want to better yourself? I, uh, I just, the only answer I could think of is I just want to be better. That's it. Like in everything in my life, in every aspect of my life, I just want to be better. I want to do better. You know, I want to be able to move in a positive direction in some sort of aspect of my life every single day. And that's what we plan to do with this brand. I think that's very important, you know, having that direction, what you want to do. Um, like we read Stoics, like we're really big into Sto Stoicism, Marcus Aurelius, um, Socrates. I have meditations and oh, know, you got meditations. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a great book. It's a great book. I'm on my seventh read of it. Okay, yeah, I've been. I've been. It's about twenty years that yeah. I've been. You know, I grew up a devout Catholic, and um, you know, I still hold true to my spirituality. But everyday life, you know, I've got a short wick at some. You know, the more stuff you take on, the higher you elevate up into the responsibility ladder. You know, working with big brands and stuff like that, having to deal with a lot of deadlines and people so I, I found myself being a little bit abrupt at times and um, I discovered philosophy and I remember I started to read meditations in college and I finished it and it truly changed my outlook on so many different things and, and it's helped me to you know I, I'd like to think I always had those virtues and I always had those values and, and it was just part of, of, of my person 
But what I didn't have was that one big piece and that is keeping your ego in check and not being prideful. And I don't mean walking around pounding my chest like, you know, an asshole, but the ego of yourself to, to, to hold yourself in a position where you're, you're, you're suffering in your mind because of something that somebody might think or say or do. Um, once I kind of concluded that shit, this is like a special, this is a superpower. If you can do this, uh, it opened up a whole, a whole nother realm of, of being able to produce the way I like to produce, but also affect and influence in a way that I really, I've always mentored people. I've always had teams that worked with and for me, but it was a byproduct of business, right? So I'm meeting you through business. Yeah. If I can offer you a couple of words of wisdom, I'll give you, you know, help you grow from my experiences. I'll do so. But it was never a passion because you had so much business to do. But I think that kind of stoic viewpoint on things keeps you in check and makes sure that you're kind of staying within those parameters. And um, it's great that your brother's really into it yeah, too. Yeah, my brother's you really know, right into it. Right when we it, met, yeah. I think you saw something yeah. that I had of suicide. Marcus really yeah. all the books and stuff. Like and he told me about his brother. And, yeah, and like the he says Marcus really says like when you're on a boat, um, you need to know which way you're going so you know which way to uh, put your sails so the wind can take you in that direction which like we try to uh, apply to this brand. We have like the sense of direction that we're moving towards and making an effort going in that direction. Yeah, I think that to, to, to me, what just really stands out from this conversation and kind of wrapping it up here too, is just like the balance of like your experience throughout time and, and your season, just like design and craftsmanship and, and everything you're gonna take from your life and apply to this. And then being in this moment in you know now 2024 which is crazy um and just having good timing for this to to, to be you know to grow and to ultimately both of you guys get your nickel up I, I think that's like amazing and so i think we're excited to to watch it grow and you know we thank you guys for for coming in here absolutely pleasure pleasure thank meeting you, you both us. and yeah, uh, it's a pleasure thank you, know, you for having us hopefully we'll make a date and see each other again we'll oh absolutely oh, 100 stuff to talk about yeah, we, always, like we always say that um when we first start well, this is what how many episodes like are 20, we 20 we, we filmed 10 episodes in december oh wow yeah good so, for you guys you guys are doing great so back like 20 something yeah. 20 episodes ago you know we were saying oh it's gonna be cool that you know in six months from now we'll get you on again we can kind of reevaluate you know where you're at and now we're at the point where we've grown and the people we've had on they've grown in their careers as well so you know six months from now a year from now hopefully we're a lot bigger we'd also love to have you guys on a second time and kind of reevaluate yeah. compared to where you are you know the first week of january so um yeah. definitely yeah 100 percent. thank you guys, thank you so, guys much. so much of course i really appreciate it yeah. thank you Thanks guys thank you for having us